welcome to the Penguin Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Penguin Podcast. With GCSEs, A-levels and university now out of the way and the long summer break ahead, we're sure many of you are thinking about taking steps towards your career and finding a job. So, we thought we'd share tips and stories from some of our authors and some of the creative and smart people that work here at Penguin about working in the media. To kick things off, we have an extract from The Intern, written by Dylan Kahn. The Intern follows the story of a young man called Jay, who begins working at a top music television company as an intern and faces the tough demands and challenges to fight his way into a job. Next, we have six Penguin employees who were interviewed by Dylan Kahn for his website, theintern.co.uk, imparting their top five tips about working in publishing and other areas of the media. They're followed by A.L. Berich, author of Into the Valley of Death, telling us her experiences of working in television as a producer and how she made the change to write historical fiction books. And finally, we have an interview with Dylan Kahn himself, talking to us about the realities of working in a fast-paced and dynamic environment, which came to influence many of the episodes in his book. We hope that by the end of the podcast, you'll feel confident and ready to throw yourself into the working world and spruce up that CV. So first up, here's an extract from The Intern, read by Dylan Kahn, which perfectly captures those daunting moments on the first day of interning. Hi, I'm here to see Maximilian Miller, producer of Total Beats, I said to the receptionist once she got off the phone. I stood in front of her in my dweeby clothes and within a split second she gave me a full up and down glance from my waist to my hair. If the desk wasn't in her way, it would have been a complete scan quicker than you could say the word pervert. You mean Max? Who may I say is calling for him? She said in a posh accent. Jay Merchant, I'm his new intern, I replied proudly. She picked up the phone and after a brief chat that seemed more about the must-see TV shows that weekend than about me, she put the phone down. Excelling through her nose, she gave me the same look I got when I failed my first driving test. Max said you weren't starting today, but next week. I think there's been a mix-up, she said quietly, almost whispering. I smiled. April Fool's is a few days away yet, I joked. The muscles on her face didn't flinch. My smile dropped and the excitement became short-lived. Oh, okay, I said in shock, not knowing what I should do next. I instinctively reached for the letter in my pocket, opened it up, and there in bold was my start date, 27th March 2007. I hadn't got it wrong. But I couldn't wait another week. I wasn't just broke, I was in the red thanks to my student loans. I'd already cancelled the shifts at Foot Locker and told them to stick their job because I had a new one. I can't eat humble pie and go back, I thought. It would taste of double chock shit. Max said to say hello before you go, she added. Oh, okay, I mumbled, still feeling sorry for myself. He said to meet him in the greenhouse, she said, pointing into the main part of the building. I followed her directions and stood at the entrance to the huge breakout space, marvelling at its mishmash design from left to right. It was filled with huge green plants, funky and futuristic-looking furniture, an arcade area, laptop stations, a pool table, weird sculptures and paintings in a gallery space with white lino on the floor, perfect if you fancied a bit of breaking on it. It looked tempting. One wall was covered in graffiti art like an iconic 1980s New York subway train, while another had autographs from famous visitors. There was a stage with a permanent backline including DJ decks. Above it was a banner proclaiming the Beats mantra, doing it for the kids. Was this an office or a weird youth centre? I answered my question by looking up at the next floor where the actual offices were. That had a traffic flow all of its own, as people passed each other hurriedly, notebooks in one hand and spilling coffee with the other.
All of a sudden, a gaggle of people brush past me into the greenhouse, like a rugby scrum with a woman in a hat and shades in the middle. Was that Mariah Carey? I wasn't sure, as in no time she was rushed through a door and the quiet returned. As I stood soaking it all in, my nerves were momentarily replaced by a rush of excitement. I was at the heartbeat of music. That was Dylan Kahn reading an extract from his book, The Intern. And now Penguin shares their top tips about working in the publishing industry. My name is Tom Weldon and I work in publishing. Top five tips is first go on publishers' websites. Uh, try and get a contact name, uh, doesn't matter if it's in the HR department. Uh, try and get an internship if you can, if it, which is paid. Most big companies now have these. If you can't get that and it is competitive, do do work experience. Inside the company, whether it's an internship or work experience, it sounds obvious, but just be yourself. Show some personality, show some attitude, make an impression. Do your homework, you know, know what the company publishes, read some of their books, uh, and also just be really curious about everything around media. You know, do, you know, again, do your homework, not just about the company, but, but you know, what blogs do you enjoy reading? What websites fascinate you? What journalists do you, do you like? If you were commissioning a book tomorrow, what would it be? You know, have lots of ideas. When you're inside the company, just try and network as much as possible. You know, just ask lots of questions, try and meet as many people as possible. Be fearless. Uh, times are tough, you know, there is a recession, uh, but we will get out of the recession. And, 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 you know, if you're an employer, you're just looking for people with spirit and attitude and, and, and you know, a sense of get up and go. Uh, and, and just don't be, don't be scared of, of, you know, of the economic climate. You know, it's, companies are still desperate for good new people. I'm Francesca Dow, I'm the Managing Director for Penguin Children's and we publish stories for kids of all ages, right from babies through to teenagers. I started, like I think most everyone does, right at the bottom. Um, I was a, a secretary, I did loads of admin, I was very passionate, I worked late, uh, I did extra stuff whenever I could, but basically it was start right at the bottom and just be be passionate and convic convicted that you can convinced that you can get there. My top five tips to get into publishing are number one: you have to be passionate. You have to love stories and storytelling and want to communicate with your audience. Number two: you have to be informed. You have to know about the industry. Even as an outsider, you can find out about it. It's so easy to find out about what's working, what's not working, why something might have worked. Number three is about experience. Any kind of experience you can get is much better for you and for your possible employer. Uh, it'll, uh, it'll just help you get a foot in the door and find out about whether you do like the industry. Number four is about presentation. There's such competition, you've got to seem really smart, really passionate, really well informed, present your CV well. And number five is, and this is really important, is don't give up. Uh, if you are sure this is your, the profession you want to work in, you've got to keep at it. And that's a really good uh, quality to have for when you're actually in the profession, because life is tough even when you've got a job.
My name is Graham Sim and I'm the creative director of Penguin Children's Books. Work out early what is, what's your goal, what do you really want to do. So for example, I decided early I wanted to work in music, film or books and I didn't know what that would involve but I knew that's actually what I wanted to do. So I set out to do that. I've actually had a rather circuitous route but I found my way there. So my first thing I'd say is what is it that you actually want to do and work your way towards that. Don't worry if sometimes you find out you're not necessarily getting there direct but actually always have in mind where you're going. My second tip would be work out what you're passionate about because again you should do something that you absolutely feel passionate about because you'll find A you'll be more fulfilled, second you'll find the business you work in will get more out of you and frankly you'll actually be happier. The third thing is it is actually about people and I get told at an early stage to network. I hadn't a clue what networking was and I didn't like the sound of it. Networking frankly is you'll meet really interesting people, people who've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of expertise, a lot of creativity. Find out ways either to get to know them or to stay in touch with them because you, what you will find is sometimes somebody you meet early in the journey actually you realise they'll be really relevant later in the journey. So what I would say, the third tip is be interested in people and find ways of drawing on their experience and bring on, on their knowledge. The fourth one is keep on learning. It doesn't matter who you are or what level you're at in a business, you can always learn. And the best people I've worked with and the best people I've learned most from are the people who just are always hungry for new information or new experiences. So literally absorb as much information as you can and be interested, actually be interested in things. My fifth tip is be true to yourself always be yourself because frankly by being yourself you'll actually get more out of the business you'll actually find yourself in a business that is more suited to you you'll find yourself working with people that actually you have an affinity with by actually being true to yourself and now that i'm older i've actually realized it's actually not the destination it's the journey it's the journey that you'll get most out of so all the people you meet all the experiences that you have all the experiences that you find yourself enjoy them because it all add up to a journey. What I look for in an intern is a determination and a hunger because the people who I get most out of have been the people who've been most determined to go the extra mile, to think differently, to find different ways of doing things. And you can tell early from people whether certain people just have that little bit extra that you're looking for. My name is Anna Bilson and I'm an art director. An art director is someone who basically oversees the look and the feel and the design of everything that we do. Um, so for publishing that means um, everything from the front cover um, right through to um, the folios on the pages, every single illustration. I work within children's publishing so what I do encompasses kind of books from sort of first uh, simple board books which have no words at all, right through to kind of gritty kind of teenage novels. Number one is appearance matters. I recruit for design roles and the first thing I see is a CV and a covering letter. 
And if that CV and covering letter don't look good, then I'm just not interested in what it says, basically. You are, you know, you, that's your showcase to me to prove that you can design, so make sure it looks good. Tip number two, smile. Um, you'd be amazed at how far a smile can get you. Tip number three is work hard. I think, you know, I've said it before, basically, work hard at anything you do. Um, no job is too small. Um, get on with it, do it well, um, and you'll be remembered. My fourth tip is be honest. Uh, be honest about what you know, but actually also be honest about what you don't know. Um, I think that's really, really important. My last tip is engage. Engage with every aspect of the business you want to be in, not just your little bit. Everyone, everyone has to work together. And so if you focus just on your, your little bit of the job and sort of think too insularly and think, well, that's not my job, then you're not going to get anywhere. My name is Eric Huang, and I'm publishing director for the media and entertainment group at Penguin Children's. Top five tips to get into publishing, I would say, number one is to be open. Um, open in, ter in terms of being humble and not look down at, at jobs where you're just doing filing because, you know, you, you got to do that. Number two, it is about perseverance and having a tough skin. You're going to get a lot of rejections, um, but it, it happens to everyone and you're going to have to get a lot of rejections before you get an acceptance. Number three is, you know, don't be lazy. You have to be diligent. If someone tells you to do something, no matter what it is, do it quickly. Do it as best as you can. If you have free time, tell them you're busy, uh, that you're not busy, that you have time to do more. Just, you know, be keen. Number four, I'd say, you know, be creative. Um, th I think think outside the box. And I do think that, you know, especially in publishing and especially in media in general, you know, there are lots of tough personalities to deal with, but I think these people who are brilliantly creative and sometimes really tough personalities, they respect you if you challenge them. But having, you know, a creative logic behind uh, your opinions as well. I think number five is just about professionalism. You know, show up on time, um, don't, don't take the piss. Um, show up on time and just, you know, work hard no matter what it is. I think the one word I would use to get ahead in this environment is probably um, perseverance. Uh, keep going, uh, don't give up. Um, it, it's not easy, but I think if you have the stamina to keep going, yeah, you'll, you'll make it. I'm Adele Minchin and I'm Publicity Director for Penguin Children's Books. I think work experience is extremely important. Um, the number of people that I've employed as a result of um, them having worked in, in my team in the, in the department is quite phenomenal actually because a good work experience people, person, if they stand out and they make a difference in the team then I will always remember them and when a job opportunity does come up I would go, I would look to work experience first of all and, and look back through the files and see and try and remember who was good, who stood out rather than actually ploughing through a million CVs. My top five tips for getting into PR would be one, be your own best publicist. Um, think about, think very carefully how you're presenting yourself, whether it's in the written word or physically at interviews. Um, 
and and verbally you are your you are your you should be your own best publicist number two if you haven't got a natural curiosity for the media then developing a curiosity for the media is absolutely essential so reading newspapers um, being uh, active on Twitter or at least um, reading Twitter having your own having your own social media network find going on every internet site you can think of, just developing a, a, a curiosity for the media is absolutely essential. Three, B, think about um, getting experience in events organisation. Events planning and organisation is a big part of PR, um, particularly in, in the publishing world, uh, organising author events, signings, literary festivals is a big part of the job here um, and, and having an aptitude for that area of things is essential. Number four, um, I would really recommend getting work experience if at all possible with, um, uh, with a journalist or with a newspaper or, or in radio or TV or just to see what the other side of the coin is. If you're going to be um, pitching to journalists um, or bloggers or whoever it might be who you want to use your content, you need to know what they're looking for, what hooks and angles they need, what their deadlines are, how they work. So it's good to get the, the flip side of the coin and get that experience. And number five is developing your networking skills, which are absolutely crucial in uh, for PR. Developing relationships is what PR is all about. Being able to um, make friends, whatever level they're on, um, is really, really important. So getting out to seminars, to conferences, to all variety of events and, and networking is really important. Those were our top tips about getting a job in publishing. If you want to see the full videos and more interviews with people from other industries, then go to the Intern website at www.theintern.co.uk. Next, we have an interview with A.L. Berridge, who started out as a television producer for many well-known TV shows, including EastEnders. Hello and welcome to the Penguin podcast. My name is Danny Horn, I um, work in audiobooks here at Penguin, and I'm here with Louise Berridge, author of the latest book, The Valley of Death. And we're here to talk about getting into writing, changing careers, and any kind of little tips she has for anyone who wants to get published. So, Louise, you used to be an executive producer for EastEnders. What was it like making the big transition from TV to being an author? It wasn't one that I'd actually intended. The job of executive producer on EastEnders was pretty exhausting and very much in the public eye. And when I left the BBC... All I really wanted to do was take a break, something of a sabbatical. I never intended, right, that's it for television, I'm going to write instead. But what I hadn't anticipated is that when you've been telling stories all your life, which I had as a script editor, a story editor, and then as a producer, it's so frustrating when th that you suddenly don't have the same outlook for it. And... Even just a week after coming out of television, the ideas were coming and I was walking up and down saying them aloud to myself. And eventually I thought, well, I have to write this down. But even then, I, I, I was really thinking of it as not much more than a treatment. Maybe there'd be a screenplay in it one day. That was the idea for the book that became Honour and the Sword. I'd thought something like The Three Musketeers, perhaps. But the more I started to do it, 
I found I was missing actors, I was missing directors. I began to have to write the dialogue. I began to have to write detailed descriptions. And gradually it grew and took on a life of its own. And I'd been doing it for some months when I suddenly realised, help, I'm actually writing a novel. I don't know how to do this, but it's what's happening. Then I began researching it and doing it for real. So, you know, once you realised you had this novel, uh, what was your next step? The next step was trying to sell the thing, and I wasn't at all sure that was going to be easy. Because having come into it almost accidentally, I knew totally nothing about the process of actually selling a novel. I didn't even know how long it should be. When I'd finished it, I dutifully sent it off to a couple of agents and got very smart rejections back. And you know, being arrogant, I thought, actually, I think this book is quite good. I, you know, I wonder what's wrong with it. But I was determined to persist. I knew it was meant to be hard. So I went on the internet to look for the third agent on my list. And that's when I saw a line saying that um, submissions must be of publishable length, which basically meant a maximum of 200,000 words. I'm afraid at that point, Honour and the Sword was over 500,000 words. It would have taken a truck to deliver it. That was a fairly depressing discovery. And what it meant I had to do was go back to the book, cut it in half and boil it down and boil it down. It was tempting almost to just throw it away and give up. But because of that background in script editing, I was able to say, it's just another edit, just another edit. You, you can do this. You can get it down. And um, But by then, of course, I'd lost so much confidence in it. I knew I knew nothing. I did, in fact, send the novel off to have an outsider look at it. There was um, a group called the Writers' Workshop where published authors and editors will actually look at your manuscript for a fee. And they looked at Honour and the Sword, and luckily for me, they loved it and passed it on with a recommendation to an agent. And I'm glad to say the very first publisher who read that manuscript is the one who bought it, and I'm very, very proud to be a Penguin author. Wow, that's a really great story. I think a lot of people kind of assume that you need to scour the uh, Writers and Artists Yearbook. Did, did, is oh, I did. <laughs> oh, but that, that's Unfortunately, the Writers and Artists Yearbook doesn't tell you a maximum word length, or maybe it does now, but it didn't then. But you know, I had studied that. I'd got my list of agents. I was working through them. I had my query letter exactly right. All of that was fine. It was just the length that rather wasn't. Well, I think that's a good tip for any would-be writers here. Yep, definitely. Go on the net and, and search for any information you can find. I would actually recommend the Writers' Workshop in terms of the free advice that it gives. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying a consultancy is the way for everyone to go, but it does give an awful lot of free advice as to how to make your, um, your manuscript the best it can be for submission. And obviously when you were a school leaver, you didn't, you didn't have being an author in the back of your mind. Um, we're kind of trying to think about everyone, you know, either leaving their A-levels or finishing university. And do you have any advice for them or any tips from your own, your own experience? Yes, very much so. I would think if, if you feel you would like to write, you cannot start doing it too soon. I didn't because I assumed it was too difficult. I had written little books as a child. I had always thought I would be a writer. But in that last year at university, when people are coming around giving careers talks, they're all saying, well, that's a ridiculous pipe dream. What you really want is to be an accountant. I didn't manage to get into accountancy. I became a teacher instead. But all the time, I still felt that tremendous need to tell stories. And when I delivered my second novel to my agent, 
which she liked very much, she telephoned me and said, I am so angry with you. Why didn't you start doing this years ago? I suppose the good side is that if you've done a lot of other things first, the more life experience you have under your belt, the more practice you have at editing the way I had in television, that's all useful. But the sooner you start doing it for yourself, the better. Don't just think, I'll write a novel someday. The second you have that idea that you're passionate about, do it now. Louise, thank you so much for coming in. You've been absolutely great and you've given some really, really great advice. Thank you, Danny. Thanks. That was A.L. Berridge, author of Into the Valley of Death, which is out in hardback now. Last but not least, we hear from Dylan Kahn, who, over the last few months, has taken a keen interest in enlightening teenagers and young adults around the country about the value of internships. Here he is telling us why. Hi Dylan, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, thank you very much for coming in and answering some questions. We've got a few from our online community of Penguin. Might as well kick off straight away with those guys. So the main kind of questions that I've been getting from the audience is where did you first begin wanting to get into the music industry and get into kind of a creative business type role and how did you go about getting it? So basically I had a degree in finance and after studying that I think I'd got to a point where I didn't think that that was for me. Um, I didn't imagine myself wearing a suit and going into the city etc. So I, I knew that what I was passionate about was something creative. Uh, I really enjoyed writing. So my idea was that I was going to basically do freelance journalism for a while until I got a, you know, a full-time job somewhere, a newspaper, a magazine. Um, so I, I tried freelancing for a while as a, as a journalist, but at the same time, I saw this explosion in, in multimedia, whether that was um, print, radio, TV. And so I started looking into those other industries as well. Um, and I started doing things like hospital radio, and at the same time, I... I basically, the turning point that came for me was when I interviewed Trevor Nelson, uh, who was a Radio 1 DJ and an MTV presenter. So uh, I did an interview with him for, for a newspaper and uh, we got on really, really well. Uh, we were meant to talk for like 15 minutes. We ended up talking for like nearly two hours. And um, we spoke about music and, and so on and so forth. And, and from there, he said, well, why don't you come and, and see my radio show being made and, and my MTV show? So, yeah, I basically took him up on that and uh, went to, to kind of shadow him and did some work experience there. I, uh, for his Radio 1 show, I would answer the calls and the texts and, and so on and so forth. And then at MTV, I was, you know, doing the floor managing and, and, and whatnot. And then um, basically what happened was one day someone at MTV said, we've got an internship coming up here, you know, do you fancy it? And I wasn't really a fan of MTV at the time. But I thought, well, why not? It sounds like it could be, it could be quite, could be quite fun. Great. I mean, in in the book, obviously, um, Jay's the intern. Does his does his experiences follow exactly what yours were like? I mean, are there moments in the book which were were true to life, or? Well, I I can say that there's certain parts which are true to life, certain parts which are other people's stories, and obviously a lot of it is made up as well. So it's a it's a it's a mishmash. It's a mix. Uh, I won't tell you what is you know what I can attribute to myself or to other people, and whatnot. But I think that there's a lot in there, and it, it, there's actually a hell of a lot more as well. So I'd say what's in the book is probably a drop in the ocean to what the other stories that remain. And I think there's some that you probably couldn't publish. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely certain elements that I can relate to with Jay, but others that are completely just 
yeah, completely yeah. separate. There seems to be quite an, an overriding message that at the time of the intern and where it's set that there was kind of more of a corporate feel about it and the older generation was starting to try and commercialise it a lot more, the music industry, than what it was just about the music. How do you feel about that currently? Is that how you think things are still going? Or I think it's a it's a very competitive market. I think where MTV is, it's it's very difficult. I think it was around at a time when it didn't have much competition. Now there's a lot more competition, not just from other channels, but more importantly from the internet. Things like YouTube is where a lot of creativity now resides. And once um, YouTube finds a way of cataloging all that content, from crazy cats doing stuff on skateboards to you know people doing things on a BMX bike to, uh, you know, proper documentaries, I think you'll find that you'll have your own MTV, in essence. So I think it is under uh, a lot of a lot of pressure from various forms. Um, I think that where MTV is right now is, I mean, it's still a still a very, very strong brand, but it, it's just changed and, and it was always going to change. I think as each generation goes by, it has to reflect that generation. So what most people kind of look back and remember of MTV from yesteryear is completely different to what it's like right now. Yeah, and in terms of getting in there still and with, with internships there, during the big, there's a fair amount of tension between Jay and the other interns. And obviously this is something that's going to be replicated quite a lot with any internship that's going. What piece of advice would you give for someone that's going to that situation where there is just one place for a real job, let's say, yeah. against six, seven, eight, ten internships? Well, I think it's a case of put your head down, work hard, and you'll get noticed for it. But at the same time, you've got to be your own self-publicist at the same time as well. So, you know, it's a very competitive market out there. And, of course, those who kind of make themselves stand out, you know, stand the best chance as well. So when you're in that work environment, you've got to balance things in the right way. You don't want to seem too eager but at the same time, you don't want to be too laid back and laissez-faire about things. So I think making the right impression and just kind of putting your head down, don't get involved in politics and keep your nose clean. And, you know, there is also, a, you know, amount of an element of luck as well. So you've got to be lucky as well and uh, and hope that things work out for you. If not, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you kind of, you know, are looking at the next step. So let's say, for example, you've got a six-month internship. From day one, you should already be looking at other opportunities outside that internship. Definitely. And Jay obviously has quite a fair few low points in the novel and quite literally gets beaten down at one point. One of the guys in our community has asked, what was the lowest point of your life as an intern when you were first breaking into the into the business? Wow, I don't think I really had any low points, to be fair. <laughs> I know that might sound really... Uh, so sound a bit weird, but yeah, I didn't really have any 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 down points as an intern at MTV. Yeah, it was hard work, but it was fantastic. It was you know a great opportunity for me to immerse myself in music, which I really enjoyed, and learn a new skill set and meet new people and interview lots of stars that I was a fan growing up, you know, listening to. So there wasn't really a down point for me in my internship th that no other intern you know doesn't have insofar as working really hard and and feeling tired, but could be a lot worse. I could have been, you know, sat in an office licking envelopes. Yeah. And I mean, as you mentioned, your love of music and how much you enjoy it obviously, like, throws itself out of the pages when you're reading it. And the chapter playlist for the intern is extremely eclectic. 
But if you had to choose only five tracks to of the future playlist of your life, what would they be? Oh, wow. Way too difficult. It's a hard one. Yeah, we'd have to come back in a, about a year's time for me to give you the answers to that. <laughs> Purely because even doing the, the, the chapter playlist took a long time. You'd think that it's quite straightforward to just kind of choose songs and, and, and put them down. Uh, what I set myself as a remit was they had to ref- they had to relate to that chapter directly or indirectly, but also I had to compile them with groups of uh, of friends that I'd kind of sat down and said, you know, which songs do you feel are real standout songs of your own um, from different artists, from different genres, from different ages, you know, also songs that to a certain extent classics in in, in that genre itself. So yeah, it was quite difficult trying to whittle down the songs. In fact, there was a lot of chopping and changing, and I'd say probably choosing the chapter titles took uh, it's probably about three months to really kind of tie down. I'd gone through so many different drafts of what chapter titles I was going to go with uh, and songs I was going to go with until right at the end. And I'm pretty sure if I wanted to, I could have, you know, if it was up to me, I'd change some of them right now as well. But, yeah, things have to be put to print. <laughs> and and what what inspired you to write the novel I mean other than your internships but what inspired you to get out of kind of the music biz and try something new and draft a novel and get it published and go about that well I'd always wanted to write a book since I was eight years old and I used to love writing wasn't that big a fan of reading I was a massive fan of writing and then when I got to 16 I had a Saturday job at WH Smith I was like wow I need to get one of my books onto the shelves and then fast forward till um, 2009, I decided it's now or never. I need to write. And I had about 20 ideas that I'd saved up from all the, all the years. And I decided to go with the intern because I think it was something that was going to be quite prevalent after the, the kind of economic meltdown and uh, youth unemployment was about to kind of go through the roof. So it was a bit of a manual as to what to expect before, during and after. And, you know, I'd done a lot of research into internships and the year 2000 as well and music. So there was a lot of research that I'd done before I'd started writing it. But it felt like um, this was the time to start writing that book. And I I used to do a lot of mentoring at my old school for young kids about, you know, careers advice and, and, and whatnot. And so I was always asked, how, you know, how do you get an internship and how do you work at MTV and so on and so forth. So I thought this would have been quite a nice way of putting some of those stories in with bits of information, some advice, some tips, but also hopefully what is an engaging story as well. Definitely. And have you got any plans for future books at the moment? Yeah, so I've, I've got two books that I've written skeletons for. So it's just a case of finding the time to be able to kind of flesh those out as it were yeah but um it'd be quite nice to be able to to do that in the uh, in the coming months because once you've got one under your belt you've got a taste for it and you know what to expect and you know for the first book i i did take on something quite big insofar as setting it in the year 2000 and doing a lot of research for it and really immersing myself into the music and so on and so forth I'm sure that if I was to write my next book, I might not take as much time in, in, in crafting it, putting it together. But yeah, there's definitely ideas that are floating around in my head that are dying to come out onto a keyboard. Amazing. And and finally, just why why should people read The Intern? Why should they pick up this book? 
Well, the book's dedicated to interns past, present and future. And I think that what you'll find with this book is it's fast paced and it allows you to immerse yourself in it. You can pop in and pop out of it at any time. But hopefully what you'll do is you'll get different layers that will come out from the book, whether that's the storyline, whether it's the tips that are held within it, whether it's, you know, rooting for the protagonist. I think that it's uh, a, a journey that most people will be you know, familiar with and um, others will want to know about. And I think it's about music. It's about music, television. So what's not to love? Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming in today, Dylan. No worries. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. That was Dylan Khan talking to us about his new book, The Intern, which is out in paperback. If you'd like to hear more from Dylan, you can tweet him at Dylan Khan or check out his website, theintern.co.uk. And that's it from the Penguin Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we filled you with confidence about getting out there and finding your dream job. If you have any further questions about working in publishing, then please feel free to comment on our Google Plus page, gplus.to slash penguinbooksuk. Alternatively, if you have any other comments or suggestions about the podcast in general, we'd really like to hear them. You can email us at podcast at uk.penguingroup.com or if you'd rather tweet us, we're at Penguin Podcast. You've been listening to the Penguin Podcast.